Hello and welcome back, ineffable people, to Black Her Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. You're back for the penultimate episode of Good Omens, Season 2, Episode 5, The Ball, written by Neil Gaiman and John Fenimore, directed by Douglas McKinnon. I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I gave it a 9.8 out of 10, and I knew I would because it involves a ball. And I love me some Regency style dancing. And I very much wish that I could have partaken (laughs) in this particular setting because I would have been in my element. I came in like a wrecking ball. Before we jump into the recap, where we listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe, and let's get into it. Shax the social climber goes to demoted Furfur asking for 10,000 demons. <laughs> you serious? All last episode, I kept saying for fur or something to that effect because that's how I thought she said it and instead of going to that very lovely attribute of prime which is x-ray I just continued to fuck myself up but now now we're good Crowley accompanies Azarafel recruiting local shop owners for the ball well They don't know it's a ball. It's supposed to be for the shopkeepers association meeting. And when one makes it clear, he'd rather not. I was Crowley fully not understanding anything about what the hell they were hammering on about regarding Doctor Who. English motherfucker, do you speak it? I have nothing against Doctor Who. I recently talked to someone about it who loves the show. I love David Tennant. However, there's so many freaking seasons it's gonna take me 20 years to get through it and i already have enough shows on my roster right now bleach gonna take me the next five years as you know if you've been following along (laughs) it's like 20 seasons of that show in like some movies so i'm not right now prepared to take on another endeavor of that size i still haven't gotten to the wire for pete's sake Crowley is even more shocked when he gives away a book, but it's a necessary sacrifice for Maggie and Nina and yourself, though, because they're the reason why you're trying to cover up the miracle that you and you and uh, Crowley made. Shax goes down to 1000 demons to attack the bookshop. But the most that Furfur can do is 100. And I got the sense from this scene that there are truly less evil people in the world than good. And I believe that. People are challenging at times, (laughs) in my perspective. But I do think that there is a difference between morally inept or 
misinformed or even uneducated people versus truly evil. And because I watch true crime as well, I know there's truly evil people out there in the world, but I gotta say it's not nearly as prolific as it used to be, despite what the media outlets will feed you with, because we have to reconcile that five or six newsreels or even 10 are not an adequate snapshot at all of the world. <laughs> and we, we continue to, to revolve ourselves around the American climate and culture without actually understanding that we don't even have the highest percent of population. So how can our, our 1% of opinion on Twitter possibly be rationally the full scope of the human existence, right? So I believe that in this world in today, no matter how cynical I am personally, that there is less evil in the world because even when evil stalks, there's far more of an effort than it was even 80 years ago <laughs> to do much about it or to have the investment from the public to do much about it. But since she's talking back, it's now down to 70. Inhale amidst her fewer non-legion. Shax attempts a speech that is only interrupted consistently by Eric. He kept getting incinerated. I know there's another word that they used for it. Disorporated. No, it's so wrong and I can't remember what it is. But he was bringing up facts. Like, um, a legion is a thousand. So let's not, let's not, um, pretend we're that. <laughs> she got her warrior spike jacket on. She found lying around Michael Jackson's closet floor. Cause he would be in hell. <laughs> his hell would be his father <laughs> continuing to make him sing uh, the ABC song Azarafel bribes yet another shop owner with a book when he tells him he has an anniversary planned with his well, I don't know what the correct, is it them? Terminology. Look, I am all of the advocates. I am still struggling with the pronouns. It's just, I don't come into contact constantly in my life. And thus I'm not, it's like something riding a bike. If you keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, it gets easier. But when you're not utilizing it at all, it gets a little less, um, recalled so i don't want people jumping down my throat because i i am unfamiliar 
you want to provide the correct, that is appreciated. Mrs. Chang readily agrees to go to the to the meeting. He talks in Chinese too. And so does Justine, the French, the French restauranteur. She would agree to anything to get Azarafel to stop assaulting the French language. Turns out both angels and demons can speak any language in the world naturally, but like magic, Azarafel wanted to accomplish this knowledge with some effort. However, he uh, has some failure with the French as much as he does with his magician tricks. Nina, who's invited in the most awkward of ways, or obvious of ways, I should say. I'm not trying to get you to come for any other purpose than to come. Are they going to talk about the Christmas lights? Because I've got things to say. <laughs> she wonders to Crowley why Zarafel is hosting and asks if the two of them have been together long. Say so, what? I love that Nina doesn't at any point consider the idea that Crowley is straight. As she continues to wonder if they recently hooked up, if he's married, is the bookseller his bid on the side? He's not my bid on the side. He's far too pure to be anyone's bid on the side. He's just an angel. I know. Nina was everyone, if you say so. But then says, I guess other people's love lives seem far more straightforward than our own. Leaving... Crowley very much caught up. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? For thinking that we could be something for real. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Now am I wrong? Am I wrong? For trying to reach the things that I can't see. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's just how I... Shaz says, we're going to use the transporter to go up and attack the bookshop. But Eric, unfortunately, to his doom, points out that that shit don't work. And since there's no window, it's the stairs. And if you do not get that reference, then where have you been? <laughs> no, it's from I'm going to get you, sucker. Take the window or the stairs. Come on, we always take the stairs. Come on, Mr. Big. Crowley is in his cups, avoiding emotional damage. I would love to see the first moment that he got Azarafel drunk. He summons him over. Azarafel is surprised that he isn't waiting in the bookshop as he is wont to do. He is worried Crowley about Gabriel regaining his memory or worse that he's faking it and will smite him. And once you've been smote, smiting, smitten, Looking very much so as Arafel. Right on the heels of that thought was the fact that it's canon Curly stays over. And I wonder how many bedrooms are in there because I only saw one. Zarephil encourages him to talk to Gabriel, so he grabs the wine and the bottle. <laughs> and the wine and the glass and the bottle and leaves. 
Nina gets texts from her nasty ex breaking up with her, telling her not to return her calls and that she should think about someone other than herself. You've reached your limit on talking. Shut the fuck up. For some reason, this abusive relationship feels like an analogy for Aziraphale and Heaven's relationship. I don't know why I made that correlation other than Nina and Aziraphale both to their respective other comparisons in this analogy. They both continue to want to please despite nothing but harsh words and controlling all of the things that would that would make other people run <laughs> they they seem to fall prey to despite how good of people that they are I don't know it was just a thought that came into my mind but I'm glad it's over. She may be an emotional wreck right now, but I celebrated. Liquid courage in hand. Crowley has it out with his former nemesis because he's playing with a lamp. So he says, let there be light when he figures out how to turn that bitch on. And it was hilarious. And I forgot that Azarafel doesn't know just how nasty Gabriel was. And what he intended to do, because in a lot of ways, Crowley is still protecting Aziraphale from the truth about heaven. Because Michael and Uriel are not the nicest of people. And Gabriel season one definitely was shatting all over Aziraphale's character and would have taken great delight in his death. So that is something that has been bothering Crowley and he's got to get it off his chest. You told my only friend in the world to shut his mouth and die. And I did not care for it. <coughs> yeah. That, of course, makes a lot more sense why he is so forgiving of Gabriel. Because that's what I was thinking. But I have forgotten that, no, he actually doesn't know how cruel Gabriel truly was about actively wanting his, his demise. But Jim, he apologized. He says, I don't think that was me. And I hope I'm not still causing issues. Well, guess what, Jimmy boy? <laughs> They're going to erase him for existence for helping you. So yeah, you're still putting him in jeopardy. And he asked, well, what can I do about that? Well, you can jump out the window. And he actually goes over <laughs> to jump out the window and Crowley realized at that moment, okay, you aren't, you aren't faking it. So what the fuck are you? He recalls Gabriel putting his memory in a matchbox, which must be the fly. 
if it happens again it will make it seem like it's an institutional problem interesting it seemed like he was recalling something that was said he offers him a hot chocolate because Crowley despite how harsh he was in that moment wants him to feel better his head hurts and he knows that he loves hot chocolate if and I'm guessing that Gabriel eventually gets his memory back this has this little interaction, these interactions that he's had with Aziraphale protecting him, uh, willing to do that with the risk of his own existence. And then Crowley, we really didn't have any respect for. Both of them risked their lives just to protect him and help him and even showed him kindness. So that is going to trickle down to Gabriel when he gets his memories back for whatever reason they're gone to re-examine those relationships right Mario up in heaven updates the archangels with nothing of merit <laughs> Gabriel calls Crowley nice which he always responds with shut up I'm not nice no one's gonna believe you anyway while Aziraphale arranges whatever he is up to, which we, of course, know is a ball, to Crowley's irritation, like you'll just have to wait and see. Oh, I fucking hate when you say that. He is sent to check on the lovebirds and make sure they're on their way. Mrs. Sandwich arrives and their outfits change when they get in the door. With Aziraphale not quite sure what her girls do for a living. I'm at the door. I loved her response. Stand on their own two feet. Like the government said, you ain't gonna help a bitch out. The bitch gonna help themselves out. Mrs. Chang is looking awfully suspicious. When Crowley goes to grab Nina, she's creeping around outside. What's up with that? Give me coffee or give me death is an awesome coffee shop name. Nina tells him she's not coming due to the state of her love life being a disaster. But Crowley tells her something is wrong as he senses the demons approaching and that she'll be safer in the bookshop. She doesn't want to like, uh, I don't know, trust somebody for once in your damn life. She's just responding with, you're weird. My joy at seeing these two actors do, uh, do scenes together cannot be under, over, understated, overstated. I think it's overstated. But did I say last time that I watched the Casanova movie, which was not the best, but their little storyline was cute even though it got really super weird at the end which I'm totally gonna spoil where she's like yeah so I had your kid and now your son can have sex with my daughter and then they do and it's like oh yeah I'm doing the ultimate Casanova and it's so odd and like you know incestual 
<laughs> but there's this other moment where she was gonna tell him that like clearly she was in love with him but he wasn't in love with her he was in love with someone else it's a definite um like check it out type of movie I do feel like it's I'm having deja vu so I must have mentioned it before but yeah I I I love these two together I hope they get more projects uh, Nina thinks she's going mad when she sees the arrangement that Azarefa has cooked up and I died a small death from laughter when I saw Gabriel in that blue sparkly ass tuck suit because you know that freaking both of them fools thought that was a good idea Gabriel and Aziraphil. Gabriel was like, that one. Aziraphil was like, ooh, yes, queen. I mean, um, your lord, archangel, Gabriel. Would you like to try one of these tiny little dinners? They're free. I think it's no secret that they're making parallels between Nina and Maggie, Aziraphil and Crowley. Nina, like Crowley, isn't just sucked into what's happening they're asking questions they're trying to figure things out whereas maggie's kind of "Ooh, this is pretty and fun and i want to do it she knows she's upset but doesn't feel it and certainly isn't in the mood to dance despite the fact that it's happening and azarafel isn't responding to any of her concerns <laughs> The mask being given for those who cannot hide their face, clever for the pandemic. Because they clearly were filming this still around those and continue to be, you know, some people still uh, utilize. I think they're a little bit more lenient than they used to be, but I still thought it was clever. Even though those demons came out of the mist like it was a thriller video. lot of Michael Jackson and hell correlations Crowley called them the bottom of the barrel demons <laughs> and they look half insulted but yeah 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 you know that's that's us he tells them they are out of order but they demand Gabriel so he flees into the bookshop <laughs> his face what kind of bullshit is this? Mrs. Chang and... No, that wasn't Mrs. Chang. That was another lady. I forgot her name. But Mrs. Sandwich and her having that little back and forth about what a seamstress is because she can't say seamstress in a manner that would indicate more about what she does. So she decides to describe it. And the way that... That woman was stroking that fan was absolutely delightful. She's like, uh, yeah, you know, it might help him put on his sock or, you know, a button. <laughs> she just started stroking. I was like, damn, girl. Someone's a little thirsty. Maggie takes Nina's hand to the dance floor. It was sweet when they smiled at each other. And the ball... Dancing begins very Jane Austen-ish with Nina sussing out the oddness of it all. Leading back to Azarafel over there beaming. 
Whereas Maggie is kind of go with the flow, but she does listen to the reasoning of Nina that, you know, now that you pointed it out, something is a little odd, but then they go into her personal life and how she broke up with her girlfriend and how she's a bit much and Maggie being like, I don't mind work at all. As Arafel so caught up in the romance unfolding, he can't see the demon squad outside his windows. Gabriel went from hot to not so fast. He showed up in front of the that group of women with the hors d'oeuvres. And then the minute he started turning into an absolute dork, they was like, uh-uh, you can go. As Arafel still isn't listening to Crowley when he says we got a problem, even though he could have just spit it out. Hey, there's demons out here. But as Arafel wants to dance in the way he grabbed Crowley's hand. But Crowley didn't even say, I don't dance. He says, you don't dance. <laughs> That's because Azarafel said, fuck life right now. I'm living out this fantasy, what may come. And that is me having a fucking ball and dancing at the ball with my beloved. Despite, because he actually wanted to write a Jane Austen novel and it's unfolding in front of his very eyes. I see you, Crowley, trying to fanfic. Despite Crowley's pleas to end the charade, Azarafel responds, I think you overestimate how much trouble we're actually in. That's when a slab comes through the window that says, give us the angle. Because spelling is not their strong suit. <laughs> Crowley's like, um, now what was it that you were saying about overestimating how much trouble we're in? Shax demands Gabriel or they will start killing people as he, the angel, has no protection from heaven, seeing as he is an outlaw, but not cast down. That's a question I had sent to TV Podcast Industries, who has amazing coverage of the show. Gets much more of the, uh, of some of the, 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 what do you call those? Like, just like the little things. <laughs> I forgot what they're called. It's too late and I'm too intoxicated right now. <laughs> but they get all those things that I miss. So definitely go check them out. But I kind of, you know, think that it's crazy in a lot of ways, after Azarafel directly intervened with Armageddon last time that heaven wouldn't cast him down into hell. But maybe because of the, it's been a minute since I watched season one, the deal that they made, it was just kind of to keep things neutral. Hmm, I have to revisit season one. Zarephel vows to protect Gabriel, but he tells him, no need. I'm just going to give myself up. Just let me go get my pimp coat. I'm one of the baddest motherfuckers of all time. <laughs> one of the best singers, one of the best looking motherfuckers you've ever seen. Hold my drink, bitch. That coat is Liberace inspired and I am here for it. Fucking loved him in that coat. <laughs> Not what I was expecting. Love that it had sparkles of the blue and matched the tacky ass blue suit whoever found that outfit needs an award 
it doesn't work because Shax unfortunately doesn't believe that he's Gabriel because <laughs> that's how powerful the spell is. So he sent back in. He came in and said, Well, I've done all I can do. Carly comes up with a way to get the humans away by making up a rule that they're too stupid to actually check when he finds out that the attack has indeed been sanctioned so he gets the humans away so they're not murdered except for that one guy who really thought like some men like just stand aside i'm i you know let me just have a talking to him i'm like "Uh uh-huh toss your privileged ass right out that window because ain't nobody told you to speak why don't you stick up for yourself and make your own plans it's what nina asks azarafel after curly has left with the rest of them because maggie won't leave azarafel knowing that he's in trouble and that he needs help and nina won't abandon her so there's they stayed and he says oh i have a plan but rescuing me makes him so happy Curly, upon seeing Mirio, has an idea. He gets himself arrested as he has knowledge of a crime against heaven. And while going on the elevator, she asks, are you tricking me? He's like, of course not. Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh my God. Stop fucking lying. Always lying to me. And that concludes our episode. Of course, the demons are at the threshold. They cannot come over the threshold. They must be invited in. So for right now, we're at a stalemate. And it looks like Crowley is going to walk into heaven and find out what he can. I suppose maybe on the reason why Crowley left in the first place i thoroughly enjoyed this one as stated up top give it a 10 out of 10 i can't wait to get into this finale if uh you have any thoughts and opinions put those below i will probably be recording the finale before any feedback so until next time peace hair grease and blacker magic Hustling, 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 hustling